Joe Biden. He responds to the Hunter Biden story, calling out a last-ditch effort to smear his family. And Mitch McConnell announces the Senate will be voting to confirm Amy Coney Barrett on Monday. Do the Republicans have enough votes to get her through? And televangelist Pat Robertson says God gave him a sign that Trump will win the election and then an asteroid will come crashing down. <laughs> We've got that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I'm filling in for Sarah Gonzalez, who I talked to today. She's doing great. You guys keep sending her some messages of encouragement because we miss her. But I am lucky enough to be here today with Mr. <laughs> Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. I am the lucky one. Aw, thanks for taking time to be here. <laughs> and Mr. Jason Buttrell, the head writer and chief researcher for Mr. Glenn Beck. People don't know this, but uh, Chad and I saw you ran into each other outside the wardrobe area, and we both had tan vests on. So he I made the sacrifice. <laughs> You're both so fashion forward. I love it. Well, we're something. <laughs> Straight off the farm. Yeah. Well, I am glad that both of you are here because I want your take on these stories. And Jason, this first one especially, I would love to hear your take because the FBI does have possession of Hunter Biden's laptop, which has been the source of numerous emails regarding his foreign business dealings in China, the Ukraine. And elsewhere, uh, the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation have both reportedly confirmed that the laptop allegedly belonging to Joe Biden's son Hunter is not part of a Russian disinformation campaign. And a federal law enforcement official first told Fox News producer Jake Gibson, according to a tweet by Gibson's colleague at Fox, and then tweeted that Fox News host Martha McCallum is told by a federal law enforcement official that the emails are authentic and that the laptop may not have been looked at right away when it was received, which is kind of the holdup with all of this. So, Jason, you know a lot about this story. Can you give us an update on it? Yeah, I want you to consider all that for just a little bit, what you just said. It's authentic. The DOJ is saying that. The uh, FBI is saying that. The DNI has said that. Basically, they're like the fact checkers of all fact checkers, right? So beyond the fact that they're saying that this is all legitimate um, and uh, it's, you know, it's, it is Hunter Biden's and it's not part of a Russian dis disinformation, the media still will not talk about it. Mm -hmm. The New York Post is going on five days now being locked out of their Twitter account because I guess they're still waiting on fact checkers to check the story, which is ridiculous because everyone at the highest levels is saying this is real. This is not part of Russian disinformation, but they've gone radio silent. The only people they're taking, they should be actually, you know, even if they did believe it was part of Russian disinformation, they're journalists. They're, it's their job to get their hands on it and to look into it for themselves. Yeah. But they won't even do it. They're scared to talk about it. It's absolutely insane. They're getting their cues from Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is the one that said this was Russian disinformation. Now it's being parroted by, you know, partisans, former CIA people, partisans that haven't looked at the information, but they're just trying to block the story that in that way. This is the most ridiculous, uh, I don't Talk about malpractice from the media. I'm not at all surprised because this is what it means. And Chad and I were talking about this earlier. What this means is we've been trying to say for a while that, look, it's not okay for not only just Hunter Biden, but any politician to have their family globetrot around with them while they're making government decisions, foreign policy, policy decisions in other countries, and to have their family members profiting on it at the same time in the same place. <clears throat> Not only does it have the appearance of corruption, it's incredibly corrupt. 
Um, but the, what we've always known is, is that this is the way, this is how you have a Nancy Pelosi that all of a sudden, you know, or a Joe Biden or all, pick any other big time, you know, politician that is now multimillionaire. They weren't before, but they are now. This is how they make their money. This mm-hmm. is this is corruption in D.C. This is how it works. But we've never had definitive proof in a laptop on a hard drive that says this is how it works. This is how the family gets it. Now, I'm, I'm filibustering this. I'm sorry. But this is this is one example of um, on this hard drive. Uh, there is a flow chart that shows a company that looks just like a shell company. And it shows how Hunter Biden is a part owner. A mystery person's a part owner, but it shows how these funds come in from all over the world. They go into one of these shell companies and the money gets filtered in. And then uh, family members like, for instance, uh, Joe Biden's uncle and his aunt, which would be or I'm sorry, Joe Biden's brother, brother. Yeah. and his sister in law. They took credit cards out on one of these companies. Um, they spent over one hundred thousand dollars on luxury items. This is just this is how the whole family benefits and profits off of the person in power. Now, if we can find direct links to that money going directly to Joe himself, that's when you've got a criminal case. If that's on that laptop, which uh, Steve Bannon said that that the rest of the, a lot of the information, the most damaging stuff, should be coming out within the next few hours. I'm expecting it probably by maybe five a.m. leading up to the debate tomorrow. If they've got something like that, this could be all over. It really could be. I don't know how much they do have of that, but that's how serious this is, and that's why it's so ridiculous that the media refuses to talk about it. Yeah, yeah and I think you mentioned the debates. I think that that's the point where Donald Trump gives just enough rope to let Joe Biden hang himself, especially if you have these fact-checkers and the alphabet soup of government entities out there doing all of these things. Let them do the work and let the chips fall where they may. And it's okay. You can filibuster all you want because I go in there and sit down at Jason's desk in the afternoon, and I'm like, so, Hunter Biden, (laughs) guilty, right? (laughs) And I listen to all the information that he gets because this guy knows. Well, and you talked about this on your show Mm -hmm. and about, you know, the stuff that is reported to be on the laptop is far worse than anything we've heard so Mm -hmm. far. This morning, um, or I'm sorry, yeah, this morning on the radio show, Glenn, he said he thinks that Hunter may have dropped the laptop off and left it purposely to basically end the drama that's constantly surrounding his family. What are your thoughts on that theory? Yeah, is he selling out Pops? Is he selling out the big guy? That's something interesting. You know, he put three laptops in the shop. And the way this thing works is the way I understand it is one of the laptops could not be fixed. And then when he fixed the other two, he could not get Hunter to answer the phone, the shop owner. And so the way the agreements are written up in any of these type of shops are this. If you don't pay or pick up, then the property becomes the shop owners. So they're in essence, that's right. they were, in essence, his hard drives. He had the right to do that. People said, well, why didn't he just turn them over to the police immediately? Well, who knows where they would have gone. So it's interesting that they wound up ultimately in the hands of Rudy Giuliani and then Bernie Carrick, who, of course, now have turned it over to the Delaware State Police. We'll see what happens with that. I had a lot of faith in this case until the authorities got involved. (laughs) Now we'll see what happens because I just don't have any trust anymore. But, uh, yeah, could it be something that Hunter basically is saying, all right, You know, if you think the wrong son died, nobody has said that, but I'm just saying, uh, hypothetically, right? I'll show you. That's possible, right? Interesting scenario. Yeah, I, I don't know if I think that. I I really, I I don't know. I go all going all the way up until, I believe, 2017. Hunter was still making tons of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's the last date I saw. Actually, maybe up into 2018, he was still doing a lot of these deals. 
I personally think he was probably just bombed out of his mind. I think he was probably that's probably the best best thesis right there. Right. And then and then that uh, that hard drive. Uh, Glenn is going to be talking to uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani tonight, and on just some of the notes that I was looking at um, in the prep of this, um, that specific hard drive was going to take longer to fix. So I, I, got, I don't know if there was water damage. I can't remember if that's what it was. It was just something like that hard drive was going to take longer to fix. So I really do. I, th- I think that he was just bombed out of his mind. He knew it was going to take longer. He just forgot about it. He got yeah. high and thought bleach bit was literally Clorox. Well, what's so interesting about all this is Joe Biden did finally publicly respond. And we've got a clip of that. Let's take a listen. Wisconsin's Republican Senator Ron Johnson put out a statement on Homeland Security letterhead saying Hunter Biden, together with other Biden family members, profited off the Biden name. Is there any legitimacy to Senator Johnson's claims? None whatsoever. This is the same garbage Rudy Giuliani, Trump's henchman. It's the last ditch effort in this desperate campaign to smear me and my family. Even the man who served with him on that committee, the former nominee for the Republican Party, said there's no basis to this. And, you know, and all and the vast majority of the intelligence people have come out and said there's no basis at all. Ron should be ashamed of himself. So, wait, I just sorry. When he said the vast majority of the intelligence community said there's this is that this is like baseless or whatever. He's talking about a group of 50 former intelligence community people. Uh, that uh, they signed a letter and it was just published in Politico, I think maybe yesterday or a couple days ago. But they're all former Obama supporters. I mean, literally, like donated to the campaign, Hillary. Um, they're not in the intelligence community anymore. When he says intelligence community, it's like that's like me saying I'm still part of the intelligence community. I haven't been there in a long time. Mm-hmm. They haven't looked at the information. And it says in the letter, though we haven't actually examined it ourselves. Like, it's so ridiculous. And what I love, about again, about that is he said that None of his family, it's baseless to say his family uh, profited off of it. They've already released the fact, what I just said, yeah. that his brother and sister-in-law were drawn on credit cards off of one of these shell companies. Yeah. I mean, it's like, his, it's like his strategy right now is just to say, no, it's been disproven, it's been disproven, just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Besides, if, and the, what's ridiculous is the people that support him are just hearing that and they're just reading New York Times, Washington Post, and places like that that aren't talking about it. So they're not going to hear Come election time, they have no idea what's going on. None. I agree. It's, it's interesting that every time Joe Biden has fielded a question over the last several months, he always eludes the question and he goes, let's talk about this man talking about Trump and let's talk about what this man is doing. Well, let's talk about what this man is doing. He's, first of all, having this interview sitting in a multi-million dollar home. He's been in Washington, D.C. for 47 years. As long as I've been alive, he's been in Washington, D.C., making a senator and a vice president salary, but he's got multi-million dollar homes. Tell me how that works. Tell me that how that works. And I know people are going to say, well, his wife's a doctor, a PhD doctor of education. And I'm not taking anything away from that, but people get confused. They're like, well, she's a physician. No, she's not. <laughs> she's not a physician. She's a doctor of education. And so something doesn't line up when you're, when you're making $400,000 a year between 2015 and 2016, and then 2017, 2019, you're making millions and millions. Something's not there. Yeah, it doesn't add up. Well, what I think was so interesting, uh, you, Jason, you mentioned about you know social media trying to keep people from reading the story. Well, despite Twitter's best efforts to keep that story from spreading, it was actually 
topping social media. I mean, this story was topping everything. These numbers are really significant because the New York Post story, it generated 2.59 million interactions. Those are likes, comments, and shares on Facebook and Twitter last week. More than double of the biggest story about Trump or Biden. So five of the 10 biggest stories were about the Hunter Biden story, the fallout, or how Facebook and Twitter reacted because people were really wanting to know, well, why are they covering this up? What's happening there? So the censorship campaign um, became a story in itself. It was the second biggest story of last week. (laughs) So the Massachusetts Institute of Technology determined that Twitter's decision to suppress the story nearly doubled the story's visibility. So do you think Twitter and Facebook should have seen this coming? Oh, they should have seen it coming. And the media has known about this forever. They all coined it the Streisand effect. Um, the Streisand effect is when Barbara Streisand was like, stop take, show, sharing pictures of my beach house. And then that just her saying that had the you know effect of everyone <laughs> sharing pictures of her beach house. Yeah. Um, this is have they not studied how authoritarian dictators fall all throughout history? It's because when you censor the people, when you suppress them, they create what they want to destroy. They, they create it. It didn't even exist before. They uh, like yeah. right wing <laughs> radicals. Right. OK. They, they claim that that's a huge deal. Well, the more the more you do things like this, like censor people, shut shut opinion down, you're going to create a bunch of right wing radicals. You're just going to do it. They didn't exist before, but your actions are going to create that. They don't want this information to come out. The more they try to suppress it, the more it's going to get out. That's mm-hmm. how censorship works. It's just ridiculous that the American media can't figure that out. I totally agree. There's power in numbers. There's something to be said about that. When everybody comes together and you tell them not to do something, I mean, just look at everything that's that's been on Twitter in the last 24 hours. From that to hashtag MeTubin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, you know. Speaking of Twitter, so I, so we t- mentioned how the New York Post is still locked out of their account. Their base, uh, Twitter and Facebook, said the reason being is because it was like hacked uh, information or stolen information. Okay. How we just ex- described it, it's not. It's not. It, it's legally the property of that uh, shopkeeper. But um, New York Times ran a story. Was that today? Yeah, d- just today about how uh, looking through their stolen Trump tax uh, records, they found that he had like a bank account in China, mm-hmm. which means nothing. I think he's got a hotel there. Of course, he's probably going to have one, uh, a bank account over there. But um, that, not only did they not suppress the New York Times, not, they didn't suppress the story mm-hmm. or the sharing of that story. They promoted it. So if you go to Twitter, one of their top stories uh, that they're promoting is that story. story. They can't see the hypocrisy on that. The Rudy Giuliani story right now, which is totally bogus about the whole Borat thing, that's a complete setup. Um, that's bullcrap. Um, but they're also promoting that story I as saw well. That trending too, yeah. And it's 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 a lie. They're both both the, one story is based off of stolen information. The other story is a complete lie. They're letting uh, social media run with it. It's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. All right, so we've got to go to break. We have more to come. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens, because the dogs they've all spoken. Well, not literally, but it is pretty evident by the way that they eat their food when it's got rough greens on it. It makes them happy. So if you're a dog owner, you know that loving your dog, it's only part of the responsibility you have as his owner. You also have to take good care of him and make sure that you do everything that you can to promote a healthy and happy life for him. And that is why I love rough greens because it isn't a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on your dog's food and it contains all those nutrients that your dog needs that get cooked out of the kibble food when it's being made. All of the probiotics and the antioxidants, the vitamins, the minerals, the omega oils, those are just some of the things that your dog needs to lead a healthier lifestyle. And they're all things that are in 
Rough Greens. So get the Rough Greens Jumpstart Bag today for just $14.95 and start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. And if you want to see your dog thrive again, just go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. We'll be back in a minute. So let's talk about Amy Coney Barrett, because we haven't mentioned her yet today. Uh, So on Tuesday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told a press conference that said the Senate will vote Monday on confirming Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. So to set up a final vote on Monday, he's expected to tee up Barrett's nomination Friday, a day after the Judiciary Committee is expected to sign off on her nomination. So the GOP holds 53 Senate seats. Coney Barrett's confirmation, it's assured unless more than three GOP senators refuse to confirm her, which looks pretty unlikely. Um, The only GOP senator who said that she will not vote to confirm Coney Barrett is Susan Collins of Maine, who said that she's voting against um, having a nominee before the presidential election. Other senators that are seen as possible swing votes include Mitt Romney of Utah, and he stated that he would vote for her. Another possible swing vote, uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, who has not decided for or against Typical. McConnell said last week, we have the votes, but uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, he's been really desperate to try and stop Barrett's confirmation. He tried to vote the Senate out of session Monday night by announcing that he would hold an emergency near midnight vote to send the Senate out of session until the presidential election. Obviously, that failed. So do you think this vote is going to go through or do you think something will come up? I think it will. I think that uh, they have no choice but to break out every single arrow in their quiver to make sure this does. Um, and I'm going to be real fatalistic and, yeah, doomsday here. But I think they have absolutely no choice as an insurance plan in case Trump does not get elected. Um, everything, and we're going to do a show on this next, next week about how we think the first 100 days of a Biden-Harris ticket would be. And it is constitution destruction, basically. Um, first thing I think they're going to do is I think they're going to get rid of the filibuster. I think they're going to just punch that aside so they can push through whatever they can. Because the, a Republican filibuster, especially if they lose the Senate, or if they lose the Senate, is the only thing to stop them from doing Green New, green new Deals type stuff, uh, any kind of health care stuff that, that they might do, abolishing private insurance if they plan to go that route. Pick your nightmare scenario of turning fully tilting this country far left. I think that they're getting rid of the filibusters to do that. I also think one of the first things they'll do is create a couple, two to three new states. That sounds ridiculous, but they're all talking about it, and then they're kind of going radio silent on that now. D.C., Puerto Rico, doing something laughably with doing uh, breaking parts of uh, California up. That'll be harder to do, but they can do D.C. and Puerto Rico, I think, immediately. That would ensure they never lose another Senate uh, election again, or dominance again. So... They'll get the power. They'll keep the power. And it goes on and on from there. But court packing, they've gone completely silent on court packing. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden just will, he not only said, won't answer the question, but he s- said just a couple weeks ago, no, I don't think the American d- uh, voter deserves to know what I plan on doing with that. And then other people are saying, well, we'll see what happens with Amy Coney Barrett if they push that through. Of course they're pushing through Amy Coney Barrett. This is going to happen. So they're going to try and do court, Supreme Court court packing. It's just going to happen. The only thing as a stopgap in insurance policy for us is if we get her on there, we get a conservative supermajority on the, on the Supreme Court, and hopefully they can fight some of this stuff at a constitutional level. That's the only thing that we've got going for us if Trump loses. It's scary. 
Well, so do you feel like this confirmation has gone more smoothly than we expected it to? I mean, after Kavanaugh, I think people were expecting the worst. Hard to fight back against Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the woman is a walking constitution. I mean, she is so sharp and, and her answers were so smart in the way that she defended, you know, how she would approach things like Roe v. Wade or, the, you know, um, ACA, where she said, look, I'm not going to go against precedent. You know, first of all, it's up to the states. And if it does get to the federal level where it continues to rise up and gets to the Supreme Court, we're going to look at the precedents. Hard to argue against that. That's why you have Chuck Schumer, who's trying to who's not defending a Dianne Feinstein, you know, uh, and they're wanting to get her kind of bumped out of there because she's shown any support on the part of the left. Uh you look, they have the media, they have the education. If they can get the courts, we're ruined as a country. And so I'm praying for the grace of God to happen on this. Uh, you know, John Roberts is who knows what oh, plantation he's living on. He's off the planet. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm praying that we can get her confirmed and that that happens because I think she's it's not right or left. She's just a good quality person. And I think she's going to serve the court well. Well, people have been trying everything just like as a last ditch effort to smear her. And, and another hit piece on Amy Coney Barrett, the Associated Press published a pretty lengthy story warning that she has served on the board for private Christian schools with, quote, anti-gay policies. Oh, so they're trying to really paint her Christian faith in a negative light. Um, it says that she was a board member from July 2015 to March 2017 at Trinity Schools. It says she served for nearly three years on the board of a private Christian school that effectively barred admission to children of same-sex parents and made it plain that openly gay and lesbian teachers weren't welcome in the classroom. Uh, the AP spoke with more than two dozen people who attended or worked at the schools. They said the community's teachings have been consistent for decades. Homosexuality is an abomination against God. Sex should only occur within a marriage. Marriage should be between a man and a woman, on and on. Um, the AP quoted experts as saying actions are probably legal because they they believe that she's anti-gay. What are your thoughts on this new trend of putting Christian people in a negative light and just blank, making a blanket statement that they're all anti-LGBT? Well, I want to know what happened to tolerance. I mean, you're the, the left has preached tolerance all these years, but they're the most intolerant folks that are out there. So if a Christian comes out and says, I don't believe that the pattern of gay marriage is what biblically I believe in terms of my Christian faith and convictions, well then, at what point in time does the left or the homosexual community come out and say, okay, well, we don't agree with that, but you don't agree with us, but we're going to tolerate one another. So are we going to hold them to the same standards? You've got, you know, cake bakers who have just cost them their lives and livelihoods over, you know, whether they were going to make a cake for LGBT weddings and things like that. That's like going to a, 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 a black baker and saying, okay, we need you to make a cake for the KKK party we're having this weekend. You would never do that. And that would certainly never be upheld. But the further we go with this and continue to allow these things to go, uh, it's insane. We are protected with our religious, religious liberties in this country. And if a person has a conviction, that's fine. But that doesn't mean she's cramming it down anybody's throats. I go back to my prior point. She's still operating according to precedence. You can't just overturn gay marriage. She said that very clearly when she answered the questions from the senators. Yeah, um, all of these attacks like this will go away once they, they put as their front runner uh, the first Muslim presidential candidate. Those will go away. Yeah. Um, they'll never question his faith regarding homosexuality. Um, I put all the blame on this on the GOP, the Republicans, and certain evangelicals out there. Um, 
like, I don't want to say evangelicals, like fringe groups like Westboro Baptist Church or something like that. The, Christians are not anti-gay, as they're saying. Like, in quotation marks, they're not anti-gay. Everything that they talked about in there, like, when you, you know, like, um, homosexuality being an abomination to God, stuff like that, marriage between man and woman, that's what they believe. That's called the Bible. That's not fringe, that's the Bible. Now, does it say in there to hate gay people? No, it does not say that in the Bible. Um, there's a huge distinction there, but the Republicans, conservatives have not been able to get that across. To this day, they cannot get that across. Um, they cannot simply say, we think that marriage is between people and the government has nothing to do with that whatsoever. At the same time, religious institutions are protected. That if, if they don't want to uh, do certain marriages in their church facilities, that's on them. Same with businesses. We protect businesses. They can do what they want as well. It's the same way we protect the uh, people uh, from anybody that can get married whatsoever. We don't let the government intrude on that either. That is the argument they should be happening. But instead, they open up these stupid attacks. Anti-gay. Conservatives are not anti-gay. Christians are not anti-gay. This is ridiculous. Right. I Well, and I just want to note that they said she wasn't actually making any decisions while serving on this board about anything to do with homosexuality. So just putting that out there. <laughs> All right. We've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Simply Safe. Every 26 seconds, there's a break-in in this country. But with Simply Safe Home Security, you can protect your whole home around the clock because it is serious, lasting protection. And all it takes is a simple 30-minute setup. You'll even get a free security camera when you protect your home today. I'll give you more on that in a second. But Simply Safe, it's an award-winning arsenal of sensors and security cameras that blankets every inch of your home. And that way you'll know your home and your family are always safe. You set Simply Safe up yourself in a few minutes without any tools, thank goodness, or wiring. No technician, no salesperson has to step foot in your home. And then Simply Safe will monitor your home around the clock with security professionals who are there in case of an emergency to immediately send help to your home. Plus, there is no contract, no hidden fees, no installation costs. It's why U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe best overall home security of 2020. So right now, visit simplysafe.com slash why and get a free security camera plus a 60-day risk-free trial with any new system order. There is nothing to lose. Go today to simplysafe.com slash why. That is simplysafe.com slash why. We'll be back in a minute. So for those of you who have been closely following the Jeffrey Epstein saga, Here's some more details for you. His former girlfriend and longtime aide, uh, Galen Maxwell, she lost her bid in court to keep her testimony sealed. A court ruled Monday that the 418-page deposition from April of 2016 would remain uh, unsealed. Now, she had been appealing this ruling by a lower court, and as it turns out, they said, sorry, you don't need this to preserve your presumption of innocence. Uh, the U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska indicated that many people could be implicated by the public release of these documents. Um, the lawyer added that some of the information would be life-changing for many of the people involved. Some of the things I read said that this includes thousands of names mm. of people that are involved. So um, I know you've been following this pretty closely, Chad. What do you think we'll find out in some of this unsealed testimony? Well, I can tell you based off of when we did our special about this Epstein scandal right after he died, uh, the and I do think he's dead. Do I? Anyway, I won't get into that. <laughs> 
We actually got a hold of his black book, right? And we were able to thumb through, and it was anybody who was anybody, including Donald Trump, including the Trump kids. They were all included in all this thing. So I can only imagine what the testimony, uh, when you talk about hobnobbing with the most powerful of the powerful in, in the world, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was part of that. Jelaine was part of that. If you take the ranch in New Mexico that Jeffrey Epstein had for his eugenics research, and he wanted to save his head, wanted to save his penis, he wanted to be able to bring, uh, he wanted to cryogenically freeze these things, he wanted to be able to uh, impregnate these virgin teenagers in order to create a whole generation and a, and a world of Epsteins himself. That ranch was surrounded by the, the most powerful political family that handed out political positions like heirlooms in the state of New Mexico. You couldn't get to Jeffrey Epstein's ranch unless you flew over or drove through their ranch to get there. He was completely isolated. So when you look at a guy who had that kind of power, who was not really a smart guy, he was a middle school math teacher, and he wasn't good at that. This guy had the ability to influence so many people, and people wanted to be close to him for very mysterious reasons. Mm. I'm telling you, the the crowd he drew together, very, very eclectic, very, very interesting, and very, very large. It's been interesting to me how many people said, nope, never met the guy. And then we find out that yeah. he's had meetings with Bill Gates and he's had, I mean, with lots of people who said, no, never, never had any dealings with them. Maybe he was yeah. at a party with them once. And then it turns out that they I mean, he had he had a whole, he had programs named after him at Harvard and MIT. A guy who was a terrible middle school math teacher that they had to fire. Uh, this was a guy who knew how to spread his influence. Uh, and they said, well, it was about the money. He wasn't as rich as everybody makes him out to be. He was rich enough. But it was about influence because these people wanted... <laughs> I have some really weird theories, Hillary. And we don't have time <laughs> to get into them here. But I got some really weird theories about how these billionaires operate and on up. Because they, they really do think that they're gods and they play gods. And... and uh, I would love to see this testimony. Now, do you think that she is actually going to survive in order <laughs> to see a trial? You know, I don't know. I, I think she's probably in fear for her life. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be in her shoes. I don't think, I mean, no one out there in their right mind. I had Glenn, you know, Glenn Beck was trying to say, he was trying to accuse me of being a conspiracy theorist <laughs> on Jeffrey Epstein. And the more we talked, he goes, okay, I see your point. And I'm like, how is it that I'm convincing Glenn Beck <laughs> to be a better conspiracy theorist? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have some good news uh, regarding human trafficking. The Department of Homeland Security announced Tuesday the opening of its new Center for Countering Human Trafficking based in Washington, D.C. It's been operational since last month. It's led by officials from U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Um, however, Donald Trump Jr. shared a post saying that members of the media had no questions during a briefing on the center's launch. He so said, this is a disgrace. He yep. said, you know, real Donald Trump, he's the first American politician to address the scourge of a human trafficking and to fund it. And no one has any interest in covering it. I guess they're too busy running cover for Hollywood. So... I mean, this is a big deal to be the very first president. It said the center is going to build on the agency's victims first approach, which balances victim identification, rescue and support with prevention, investigation, prosecution of traffickers. 
this is a really big deal. And they had that press conference and they were like, does anyone have any questions? And it was just crickets. It was so embarrassing. So all of the all of the seats, uh, it, I was just watching this video, not telling you, all the seats are, are spaced out. Even the, all the seats aren't filled. So some of them just, some of the members of the media decided not to even go. But the, for the ones that sat there, literally it looked like it was the intern that was made to go. And they didn't say a word. It was embarrassing. The guy was like, now open up for questions. Nothing. He's gave him more time, like two different times. Nothing. I tell you what, if the Obama administration would have done this, they would have rolled out celebrities would have been there. Tons of media would have just, you know, just get all kinds of adulation and, you know, just clapping him up and down. Uh, Alyssa Milano probably would have been there. Like, yeah, right on. Me too should be all over this. They should be like, you know, like this is kind of what they're about, really. I mean, well, at least a little part of it. Um, there's more slaves now than there were during the slave, the slave mm -hmm. period. Uh, I tell you what, the reason why, circling back to Epstein, the reason that you have, you know, a QAnon thing right now, stuff like that. The reason you have stuff like that is because we all know what's happening like with, with, uh, with like Epstein. The media would not report on it. They didn't want to touch it. It was considered too damaging. They were too scared to talk about it. When you don't expose these things, then you get stuff like QAnon. It goes back to the censorship thing. You create the thing that you're scared of. Mm -hmm. That's what they did. Now they have QAnon. They're trying to make that a huge deal. It's not, but they're trying to make it a huge deal. But you wouldn't even had it if you'd have just reported things like this out in the open. Just said, look, this is what's going on. But now you've got all of this fallout. But this is just, it's just so embarrassing. I tell you what, if they would have had a Russia angle, then they would have been all over it. That's probably what they're like, yeah, how can we spin Russia into this? No? Okay, let's just not, let's not cover yeah. There's a, there's a massive war against the next generation. From abortion to human trafficking, there is, and a lot of it getting swept away, swept under the rug. The idea that Jeffrey Epstein was the only guy in America who was doing that kind of thing, who had that kind of clout, and yet had that much influence over people. And I know what people say. They say, uh, well, Donald Trump knew Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, he kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago because he and Roger Stone got invited over to a party, and he got there, and he looked around, and he looked at Roger Stone, and Roger Stone told me this to my face. He said, we got to get out of here. Donald Trump said this and left. And after that, subsequently, he kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago. Uh, it's bad. The stuff that's going on out there and the stuff that's getting swept under the rug, I don't know who they're hiding it from. I don't know if it's billionaires. I don't know if it's politicians. I don't know if it's Hollywood or all the above, but it's bad. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me, remember Heidi Fleiss back in the day, oh, yeah. Hollywood madam? Uh, it reminds me of that. She still has not given up the black book. Never has. And I, I, I can't remember who was doing it. Was it Rolling God. Stone or some other? <laughs> 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 it was uh, some outlet just did like a deal with her and wrote a big long story. And she said she was going to reveal names, but she reneged at the last mi minute. But I remember everyone was kind of just trying to figure out who might be in right. that book. We might find out with this Gillen Maxwell thing. Yeah, I, we might. That's true. All of those names. It's, it's the same anticipation that I can remember from back then. Dang, I'm old. Um, but it's the same anticipation, and we might actually see something come forward. But who else will be on that? Well, that's why I, Heidi Fleiss has stayed alive this long. She's kept <laughs> she didn't give it. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly that's right. right. Tiger blood. <laughs> All right, so we've got more to come. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Bull and Branch. You know, what do millions of Americans and three former U.S. presidents have in common? That's that they all agree the Bull and Branch sheets are the softest and most comfortable pure organic cotton sheets on earth. Bull and Branch cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, and it carries the highest organic certification. That's why it's so soft. They work with family-owned mills all over the world to expertly weave every set of Bowl and Branch sheets with the highest level of craftsmanship, and it's quality that you can feel the moment that you open the box. And since they sell direct to you, Bowl and Branch sheets start at just $160, and they are $1,000 quality for a fraction of the price. Plus, you can sleep on them for a month risk-free. 
And right now you'll get $50 off any sheet set at bowlandbranch.com with promo code MATTERS, spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code MATTERS for $50 off. Bowlandbranch.com, promo code MATTERS. Restrictions may apply. Just see bowlandbranch.com for details. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Televangelist Pat Robertson, he's got some predictions for us. He said yesterday, God told him President Trump will win. And then more than five years later, an asteroid will hit Earth and maybe bring the end. Uh, he said, first of all, I want to say without question, Trump is going to win the election. And in case you don't know Robertson, he's the founder of the Christian Broadcasting Network and host of the 700 Club. Um, he's 90 years old. He forecasted disaster for the country and the world after the election, including civil unrest, at least two attempts on Trump's life, and a war against Israel that will be put down by God. And then the world will see at least five years or more of extraordinary peace before the asteroid. Um, he said, what I think, very frankly, is the only thing that will fulfill the word of Jesus is some kind of asteroid strike on the globe. It's sudden destruction. It's not going to be some nuclear war. We're not going to be allowed to blow this earth up. And then he said, after he described the asteroid's damage, he said maybe then the end would come next. However, he's made some predictions like this in the past. Uh, in 1976, he said the world would end in 1982. <laughs> Then in his 1990 book, The New Millennium, he anticipated the end of time on April 29th, 2007. So he hasn't quite gotten some things right in the past, but what are your thoughts on his <laughs> predictions for 2020? How did he start that? They say, do you want to hear the good news first or the bad news? <laughs> Trump's going to win, but <laughs> we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather Joe win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If we get to avoid the asteroid, but then if Joe wins, I'm kind of, I'm 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 like, I'm, if Joe wins, I hope the asteroid hits us. I hope it lands yeah. right on me, on my house. I hope it comes through the set right here in the Dallas Communication Center, Blaze Studio, just You'll wait to it right it? here. <laughs> Come and get Come me, get mama! <laughs> Come and get me! Me and Pat leaving on Hail Bob coming. <laughs> well, it does make you wonder, like, what is the bigger story there? Is it Trump yeah. winning or is it the asteroid? I mean, so I don't know. I, look, and people say, oh, you're making fun. Yeah, I am making fun because, I mean, Pat Robertson, he's he's prognosticated for 40 years. He's prognosticated for as long as Joe Biden's been in office in Washington, D.C. And, you know, he's turned hurricanes. He's done all these different things. My, my thing is stop. Just just stop with, with this whole thing. You know, it, we have mega church pastors right now. Let, let's focus on what the church is not doing. We have mega church pastors right now who are coming out, not the least of which are guys like J.D. Greer, who's the president of Southern Baptist Convention, Andy Stanley, you got Tony Evans, who's over in Oak Cliffs. These are mega church pastors who are coming out, and in order to open dialogue between the left and the right, are embracing leftist ideologies and supporting Joe Biden and against Trump. Okay, so when you have guys like that who are willing to condone and give their support to um, to leftist causes that, that call for the wholesale slaughter of unborn millions every single year. Uh, Pat Robertson is the least of my concern. I want the church to be the church and stop with this fanciful idea of everything from worrying about is the air conditioning right or the fountains turning blue and the colors changing and do we get Starbucks coffee in the lobby. That's the Americanization of the church. It's the disenfranchisement of the church and things like these prognostications are not prophetic. They're not prophetic. It's false and they're not going to happen. You can mark my words on that and if I'm not, then I'm a false prophet. You can come which is Hebrew for stone him. 
You're so fancy <laughs> the at, the, at the end. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, I do have a good story. I'm, I'm actually really excited to talk about this one. There is a Republican and a Democrat running against each other to become Utah's next governor, and they've released a pair of joint ads where they appear together, calling for civility and public discourse, no matter who comes out the winner. So I want you to hear this ad. I'm Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. We are currently in the final days of campaigning against each other to be your next governor. And while I think you should vote for me. Yeah, but, but really you should vote for me. There are some things we both agree on. We can debate issues without degrading each other's character. We can disagree without hating each other. And win or lose in Utah, we work together. So let's show the country that there's a better way. My name's Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. And we, we approve this message. They should throw a battle axe or a knife right out in the middle of them and just say, now go! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is probably the most Utah thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so Utah. It cracks me up. I don't know if it could happen anywhere else. Except really. for there. Well, you know, I think everybody's so sick of seeing these political ads because they've just been running nonstop. This one I felt like was actually Good kind of refreshing yeah. because it's them. so different. Um, but in case anybody wants some extra information on these two, it's uh, GOP Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox and then his Democrat rival who is a law professor, Chris Peterson, and they said that they hope that Utah could be an example to the nation on how people can disagree about politics, but still work together. I do want to point out uh, Spencer Cox holds a pretty big lead yeah. over yeah. Peterson. Yeah. Um, they're both looking to replace Republican <laughs> Governor Gary Herbert, who announced that he wouldn't be seeking See, re-election. Exactly. Animosity comes when there's actual competition. When it's close. Yeah, right. Like the Bulls back in the 90s and the Knicks hate each other because they were so close. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like the Republican, he's like, hell yeah, I'll do that ad. I'm not losing. And the Democrats, <laughs> like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm not winning. I get attention. It don't it's matter. A, it's a win. Right. right. Now, I mean, what do you think people would do if Trump and Biden came out and said, you know what, we're going to do one of We're going to sit all of our Jenna Trump. Eh, this is my friend. <laughs> and Trump trying to say, this is this clown. <laughs> We'd want to know who possessed these two people because we were like, exactly, no, no, no. ain't happening. What'd you do with them? Would you like to see more of this, though, in future elections from people who are running against Because we do see a lot of smear campaigns. I think when you, I think when you're on the same side and you're primarying and things like that, I, I think it's awfully hypocritical for Kamala Harris to come out and say, "Well, I'm not going to call you a racist, but this is what you did that was so racist, Joe." And then she's going to accept the ticket. I wish she would just be honest and say, "Okay, look, I can't agree with this guy, or I do agree with this guy." And you know what? If you don't vote for me, then vote for my friend Jason over here. We we share a lot of the same values. Um, that kind of thing I would love to see. Yeah. But when you have diametrically opposing views of where the country or your state is going to go, you have to focus on those differences. You really do, because uh, they, they are differences that matter mm-hmm. in many cases. It's fun to see that. It's encouraging to see that. And I'm happy for that. They probably share the same wife, but they would have they, they would fail the Roger Stone campaign school because they, uh, you know, Roger Stone says you win at any cost, even if it means murder. Just ask LBJ. all right on that note we're gonna go break we'll be right back we asked you yesterday if you're voting for trump are you a vocal supporter or are you part of the silent majority and 65.5% of you said silent majority. Mm, very interesting. I, it doesn't, the number, the percentage doesn't surprise me, but I, I'm surprised that many people were honest about it.
I, I hope they are honest about it. Yeah. I hope that's an accurate poll. Yeah. So today the question is, how many times will Trump bring up Hunter Biden at the debate tomorrow? Zero, two to three times, 10 to 12 or 20 plus? I don't go with 20 plus, but I got money on it. And I won't say my number on the over under. <laughs> I, I think 10 to 12 is good because I, I think that Trump's going to have to press the issue on it because the moderator is not going to mention it. Not going to do it. So Trump and, and they're going to be cutting mics after. So like literally Trump's going to have to just answer, you know, what do you 120 seconds? Got to go. Yeah. What do you think about critical race theory? OK, let me let me redirect that back to Hunter Biden. He's going to have to do it. It's going to have to be that blatant. Yeah. Right. But if he wants it out there, it's the only way he's going to do it going to be awesome to see. All right, so if people want to follow you guys, know what you're up to, get a couple laughs. Where do they At Watch Chad, and of course, Blaze TV's The Chad Prather Show. Awesome. Jason? At Jason Butchel, at no show. <laughs> Just saying. That's why we have that you happens? on here. Yeah. <laughs> Can't give him a show. He's my brains. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for being here. This was fun. Uh. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.